Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Hey folks, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. On this week's show, we'll feature world-renowned fingerstyle and harp guitar phenomenon, Muriel Anderson. Guest host Aubrey Atwater will profile our old friend, ballad singer Almeida Riddle. And in our From the Vault segment, Mark Jones has found an archival recording of his dad, Grand Ole Opry and Hee Haw star Grandpa Jones. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. You're in for a real treat this week because we're featuring the lovely and talented Muriel Anderson, one of the world's best guitar players. Of Finnish descent, she grew up in a musical family. Her grandfather played trombone in John Philip Sousa's band, and her mother was a piano teacher. She started composing her own songs at age six and studied classical music in college at DePaul University. Mentored by the great Chet Atkins, in 1989 she became the first woman to win the National Guitar Championship. Let's start out today's show with a set we recorded last year when Muriel Anderson appeared here at the Ozark Folk Center.
my mother taught piano lessons, and so that's what uh, all, myself and my sisters and my brother, you know, had to do as part of being a kid, is take piano lessons. So that was kind of what I had to do. Guitar is what I got to do. But I got that was what I did for fun, and I still think of it that way. Guitar is fun, and so I I play virtually no piano now, <laughs> after years of piano lessons, and uh, and the guitar has just uh, inspired me. That's my instrument. My parents have always been supportive of uh, whatever our passions are, whatever we want to do. And always told us that we could do anything that we wanted to do, just put our hearts and minds and energy to it. And so we believe that. And uh, we were given a lot of freedom in that way.
And the bluegrass, you know, it seems strange for somebody who grew up in the Chicago suburbs to be so influenced by bluegrass music. I was taking guitar lessons in a class through Ann Jones, who was a, a big proponent of the Old Town School of Folk Music, and then later on went to the Old Town School and taught there. But as a as a kid, uh, they had um, a little bluegrass ensemble. They were teaching bluegrass in addition to the finger style and the regular flat picking. And my mother asked my guitar teacher, well, what should I get her for Christmas? And she said, well, how about a Doc Watson album? And so when I got that Doc Watson in Nashville, I tell you, it just never left my turntable. I'd run home from school to listen to that and try to figure out everything he was doing and then formed a little bluegrass band in high school with a, a, a lady banjo player who was my age. And so that was, uh, I was just so excited that, about that music. A little old time claw hammer banjo. It's Clinch Mountain Baxter.
I feel like I've lived at a really cool time to be able to sit down with a lot of these great players and uh, learn from them and glean from them and um, had the opportunity to you know play at Bill Monroe's bluegrass festivals back when I was doing bluegrass I learned my rhythm guitar from Wayne Lewis Bill's you know rhythm guitar player hanging around backstage with him and um, I learned from I met Andre Segovia several times and I learned from his one of his prime students Christopher Parkening in the classical realm uh, took mandolin lessons from Jethro Burns and uh, of the Homer and Jethro doer and he and Chet Atkins are brother-in-laws, so he introduced me to Chet Atkins, and then Chet became a big influence. And of course, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my first guitar hero, who is Doc Watson. And so it was exciting for me as a young person to be able to meet my guitar hero and sit down with him. Yes.
was guitar virtuoso Muriel Anderson. We started that set with A Fine Pickle, followed by Two Shores, A Bluegrass Medley, and finished up with The Matador. We'll hear a lot more from Muriel later in the show, but after this break, I'd like to take you down to the vault to hear something special that Mark Jones has picked out of the archives this week. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Every week about this time, I like to take a trip down into the vaults and see my friend Mark Jones to see what kind of tunes he's got on the shelf down there. Let's go down and see what's going on. Hey, Mark, how you doing this week? Dave, I'm doing good. How about you? You know I'm doing fine. I was thinking the other day about a fellow you might know something about. And we were very fortunate here in Mountain View, Arkansas, that back uh, in the 1980s, the famous old-time singer and uh, Grand Ole Opry musician and star of Hee Haw, Grandpa Jones, moved here to Mountain View to open a dinner theater right up the road. Now, I know that you know a lot about Grandpa Jones because he's your dad. That's right, Dave. I, I probably know more than anybody about him, but he was uh, he was a fine fella, and uh, he enjoyed, you know, the kind of life, the old-time music in this area, and it was always a relief to him to get to go fishing with Tommy Simmons and just drive out through the forest and spend time. Uh, he enjoyed hunting in this area, and... Uh, Mark, how did your dad get involved in Stone County in the first place? Actually, we came here earlier in the 70s. I had an uncle that lived down here and lived in Fox out there where you're at. Is that right? Gordon Jones. And ever so often we'd come down and see Uncle Gordon and also visit with Jimmy Driftwood, who Dad and Jimmy were real good friends. I know your dad recorded a lot of Jimmy's songs. He did. He recorded quite a few of them and uh, different songs. One called The Baby-O, which Jimmy wrote. And, uh, you know, but he came down quite a bit and got to know a lot of the people. We just ended up kind of calling it home. Well, I know that uh, your dad, Grandpa Jones, played here on this stage many times, and he recorded a lot of stuff. What have you got for us today? 
This is an old tune that uh, he wrote a verse to, Merle Travis wrote a verse to, called Mountain Dew. Let's listen to Grandpa Jones sing Mountain Dew here at the Ozark Folk Center. Really, it's a little old tune that was written by a feller back in North Carolina by the name of Bascom Lamar Lunsford. Maybe a lot of you remember him or know him. But anyhow, anyhow, he wrote the tune, and Scotty Wiseman wrote a verse, and Merle Travis wrote a verse, and I wrote a verse. So it ought to be a wild song. But anyhow, this is the way it goes. There's a big holly tree down the road here for me Where you lay down a dollar or two Well, you go round the bend And when you come back again There's a jug full of good old Mountain Dew They call it that old Mountain Dew And they have that refuge in our field I'll shut up my mug If you fill up my jug Some good old Mountain Dew My Uncle North He's sawed off and short, he measures about four foot two. But he thinks he's a giant when you give him a pint of that good old Mountain Dew. My old Aunt June bought some brand new perfume. It had such a sweet smelling pew. But to her surprise, when you had it in line, it is nothing but good old Mountain Dew. rode by with his head hoisted high, said his wife, been down with the flu. And he thought that I ought just to sell him a quart of that good old Mountain Dew. My brother Bill's got a still on the hill where he runs off a gallon or two. The buzzards in the sky get so drunk they can't fly from smelling that good old Mountain Dew. Oh, they call it that Boy, that's a great song. Your dad was a fine singer, wasn't he? Well, he was a good singer, good musician, but he, most of all, he was a good entertainer. We were so fortunate to have him living here in Mountain View, but I know that eventually he got lonesome for Hee Haw and Nashville and, and moved back there, didn't he? He did. Most of his work came from Nashville and, uh, you know, was involved with Hee Haw. And they, they filmed... To, uh, two months out of the year in June and October. And so when he went back there, it was like a big homecoming. All his friends, they'd come in and film for a month and then not see each other until next October. I know your dad passed on in 98, but uh, his was a legacy of music that'll live on and on, won't it, Mark? Yes, sir, it will. I'm, I think so. Thanks a lot, Mark. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Dave. The number of accomplished harp guitar players on the planet can probably be counted on one hand, and Muriel Anderson is without a doubt high on that list. Her heartstrings recording actually accompanied the astronauts on the space shuttle Discovery. Here are three more tunes from master guitarist Muriel Anderson.
uh, Pat Metheny was another big influence for me. And I've now, which is really a great thing, is I'm playing a lot with former members of his band, with Danny Gottlieb, who was, you know, his drummer and recorded with Mark Egan, a great bass player. And also Bella Fleck and the Flecktones have, have been just really inspirational. And I realized that on my current album, on the Nightlight Daylight CD, I have every member of the Flecktones in there, except for Bella. And they're, they're just the musicians who I've been working with. And, and uh, I realized later, after I'd recorded the album, wow, I have every member, including Jeff Coffin, the great horn player who plays, played with him. So that uh, that kind of energy and 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 exciting rhythms, I, I like to.
When I started classical, which wasn't until college, I'd played all these other styles, you know, folk, bluegrass, jazz, before that. And uh, so with this new music, uh, this classical Bach pieces on, on the guitar, as I was playing them, I was reaching down for a bass string an octave lower than what I had, and it wasn't there on my guitar. So I'd seen pictures of the harp guitar, and I said, well, that's what I need for that low bass note. And I started writing tunes and also reaching down for that bass note that wasn't there. So I knew that Michael Hedges played the harp guitar, and I went to one of his concerts, and I felt a little out of place there. Uh, it was a, kind of a hard rock club, and I saw an older couple who looked equally out of place, even though I was young at that time. And I sat next to them and found out that they were there for the same reason, to see this instrument, because his great uncle had built it, and he was writing a book about it. So as we were sitting there watching this concert, he told me, well, I need somebody who can play the instruments for my book, for the CD. And I said, well, I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> so that's how I got to play my first harp guitar for Bob Hartman's book, Guitars and Mandolins in America.
That was guitar phenomenon Muriel Anderson playing The Immigrant, The View from Space, and Baker's Dozen. When we come back after this break, Aubrey Atwater will profile one of the last great ballad singers, Arkansas native Almeda Riddle. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Singer, musician, and step dancer Aubrey Atwater makes her home in Rhode Island and knows more about folk music than anyone I know. Here's Aubrey. Neighbor, neighbor, it's well I met you. I'm I was listening to folk radio a few years ago, and I heard this kind of a little commercial for a traditional music show, and there was about eight seconds of a song, and I knew exactly who it was. It was Almeda Riddle. It was an archival recording of Almeda Riddle singing an old British Isles ballad called Will the Weaver. And there was interesting hand-clapping percussion behind it. And I was desperate to find the whole source because it was just like eight or ten seconds. And I recognized that voice, that unique voice of Almeda Riddle, who was from Greer's Ferry, Arkansas, or near Greer's Ferry. She lived from 1898 to 1986, and she is one of the most important ballad singers in Ozark music and American folk music. So I was really determined to find that song, and I, I contacted a friend here in Mountain View, Judy Klinkhammer. And so Judy knew how to get this song for me. She knew Almeda Riddle, and so I got to hear a little bit about her life, and she got me the whole source. But I never did get the source that had the hand clapping. Elwood and I recreated that. That was easy enough to do. Will the Weaver is is kind of a brutal song. It's It's a ballad and it's about adultery and it has a lot of violence it's very violent and these songs are fascinating they're often sung by these old ballad singers because there's some kind of lesson or some kind of moral in there and that was one of the things that Almeda Riddle would say she, she was also known as Granny Riddle and you might notice the year I said she was born. She was born in 1898, and she was older than some of the other musicians that we ever knew. She was a whole generation older than some of our mentors. And Almeida got, quote-unquote, discovered by John Quincy Wolfe. He was a song collector and a ballad hunter and professor in Arkansas. And she also, like some of the other old-time musicians, got brought into the folk revival. So she got to have a folk singing career, and she she didn't really want that. She came from a very old culture where she didn't think women should be out in public. She didn't think women should be preachers. She thought it was immodest for a woman to appear on stage, and yet she did it anyway. She thought as a grandmother, 
she needed to sing these songs for her grandchildren, and she's referring to everybody as her grandchildren. She knew how important it was to sing these songs. And she came from a really hard scrabble type of life. She was the fifth of eight children. Her father was a timber worker, but also a fiddler, a singer, and a teacher of shape note singing. So you hear in in her delivery of Will the Weaver, you hear that really beautiful, unaccompanied singing vocal style. And it is a really good example of an old folk style that comes from the British Isles, but is an old Arkansas style. In 1926, a tornado took the life of her husband and young baby. She had three other children, I believe. And you really get a sense when you see footage on her speaking that she had a very hard life and that she was a very modest person and that her religion and her morality was really important to her. Another thing that she said that I loved and I really believe in, and she would say, don't let the performance get in the way of the song. She believed in letting the song and the narration of the song speak for itself. Almeida Riddle had one of the largest single repertoires documented by folk song scholars. And, and again, she was from near Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. She, she was thought to have known about 300 traditional songs. Granny Riddle's final in-state performance came in 1984 at the Ozark Folk Center here in Mountain View. So this cut is Almeida Riddle singing Will the Weaver, an old... British Isles Ballad. Neighbor, neighbor, it's well I met you. I'm gonna tell this far to fret you. Will the weaver's at your door. He went in, was seen no more. He ran home all in no wonder. He kicked the door and it roared like thunder. Who's that? The weaver cried. That's my husband and you'd better hide. Up the chimney he did venture, in at the door her husband entered, searched the house, the room all round, not a sign of a man he found. While up the chimney he was gazing, there he saw in all amazing, poor little Willie the wretched soul, setting up a straddle of the pot rack pole. Oh, my lad, I'm glad I found you. I'll either kill, hang, or drown you. This he thought, but nothing spoke. I'm gonna stuff you well with smoke. Just to please his own desire, built himself a rousing fire. Poor little Willie, wretched soul, still sat and straddle the pot rack pole. He kindled on some more fuel. His wife cried, precious jewel, I'll forever be your wife if you'll spare my Willie's life. Catched him by his heels and jerked him with his fist so well he worked him. Every lick thus he spoke, come no more and stop my smoke. Who's as black as Will the Weaver? He's as black as a chimney sweeper. All his face, hands and clothes, two black eyes and a bloody nose. He ran home, his wife, she met him. Up with a broom and down she fetched him. Turned his black all into red. Hush, Will the Weaver's dead. This week's guest artist, Muriel Anderson, makes her home in Nashville, Tennessee, but her guitar performances have taken her around the world countless times. In addition to her busy schedule, Anderson is founder and director of the Music for Life Alliance, which is a nonprofit charity that facilitates the efforts of individuals and organizations making music learning accessible to young people. Let's finish this week's show with four more fine tunes by Muriel Anderson. 
the harp guitar came about in America right about 1890 or so, and it was only built in Chicago by the Larson Brothers and also by Gibson Guitars for about 20, 30 years around that time. And it was the time that the mandolin orchestras were all the rage. As you, see, you can see pictures of the harp guitar playing together with the mandolin orchestras. And then when those two companies stopped building them, they, they sort of went out of fashion. You just see one occasionally in the window of a music store. <laughs> uh, but now we're seeing a comeback, and there's more individual builders who are making them, and a company now uh, called Holloway Harp Guitars that's just started making them again. So uh, if, we, if you go to the Harp Guitar Gathering, that's an annual gathering of us crazy people who would play this multi-stringed instrument, you'll see that it's, it's growing a bit by bit every year.
the common thread in my music is I've always done what's in my heart. And uh, all the music I'll be playing is music that makes me happy, that inspires me, that expresses something. And if a tune uh, no longer does that, then I'll move on to something else. I'll write something new. I've got four new tunes here. And so it's it's the experiences coming together and gleaning the details of each style that, that make it interesting, that, that give it its heart. It's amazing how, you know, one experience or one album or one person can really well up all this inspiration in a young musician. And uh, it's kind of my hope to someday have that effect on, on someone else. If somebody picks up my Nightlight Daylight CD and says, oh, this is great, I have to learn this, I have to do this, the way I felt about that first Doc Watson and Nashville album.
You've been listening to the wonderful guitarist Muriel Anderson, recorded last year at her performance at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. In that set, Muriel played Ferry Boat Crossing, The Sight, The Liberty Bell March, and closed with her version of the Beatles' Eleanor Rigby. I hope you've enjoyed the playing of this marvelous guitarist. Visit us on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. I'm Dave Smith. So long, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. Mm-hmm.